just a step in a required process. Um, I think waste is something that they have to worry about from the standpoint of running the business or staying compliant. Um, but they seemed more interested in other portions <laughs> of the data. Uh, I think they'd be really interested in it at the business level for sure, being able to say like, mm, you know, where, where, what processes might be resulting in higher cases of mold or um, stuff like that. Exactly. So I guess my experience, you know, the, the cultivators are pretty focused on growing and selling the cannabis and they don't want a bunch of distractions. And so that actually kind of opens the door for companies to call, come in and solve some of these problems they don't want to deal with. So exactly. I noticed it, I noticed there was, you know, it seems there was a successful waste management company in Southern California, maybe San Diego, and another one in Colorado. Um, so it seems, I don't know if they're dealing too much with data. They're just more just going and picking it up. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, like what, what are like some of the differences in dealing with metric from state to state? Like, I mean, you're essentially the, the expert here. So I'm, I'm curious. I've heard California's maybe the, the more stringent state, but that's about the extent of my, my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, so one of the one of the just a really simple example is um, between. So I, I'm in Washington. Washington's not a metric state, um, but we did work with customers that were in California and Oregon. We had customers um, all across the states, but um, those were the two places that we were looking at primarily. And one big difference was when you have when you're expected to tag your plants and how those are treated, and so. There's uh, between California and Oregon. There's actually different um, different growth phase definitions and different requirements as to when you promote them through those um, phases and when you are required to tag a plant. And there's also differences in whether or not it's indoor or outdoor uh, between those two states as well. So if you are trying to be a third party integrator that is providing a service that is a one-stop shop where you're providing extra value in addition to trying to say you can just come to our stuff and we'll keep you compliant with metric one of the challenges that all these companies have to solve is how do they um how do they build their software in a way that can be flexible with different workflows per state because each state, given that it's still federally illegal and that each state is really defining what legality means and what the requirements are, um, while they are using templates of other uh, states that have already created markets and managed compliance and stuff like that, they're still unique and still unique enough that um, third parties really need to be cognizant of of that going into designing and building their software. 
That's quite interesting, especially the different growth stages and tagging points. That would throw a monkey wrench into things. So I'm curious, do, do, the, do the software companies, do they essentially approach compliance as like a, like a second thought or? No, um, compliance is probably, compliance is a really big part of this for sure. Um, there are a lot of you know ramifications to not staying compliant, whether you're a cultivator or a processor or retailer. Um, and in a lot of cases, the software, the, the way that you have to integrate with state compliance is not necessarily easy, intuitive, or cost-effective. So any promise that you can make as a third party uh, to provide uh, making that easy, automating it, um, providing workflows, uh, or the ability to have just a single place where you can do all of your work and you're not swapping between you know, five different pieces of software. Um, that's where these these various uh, cannabis SaaS companies are really uh, competing. Is can we integrate with Metric? Can we integrate with? I say we. I'm not. I'm not uh, currently there anymore. But um, QuickBooks, uh, all these different things that a business has to do to be successful. Um, is there one place that they can go and and get all of that? Um, so you'll see, you'll see some of these companies are specializing maybe in a particular, a particular level and, and really focus on cultivators or really focus on manufacturing or really focus on processing. Um, or you'll see a lot of seed to sale products where you can manage your whole workflow. It's in the name from seed to sale. Um, and sometimes that can extend you know, to the retail side, if they're able to be vertically integrated. And that's another thing of differing state by state. Um, in Washington state, you cannot have both a cultivation license and a retail license. Um, but in other states, you can be vertically integrated from, from growth to sale. So um, again, Washington isn't metric, so it didn't manifest itself in that way necessarily. Uh, but I could definitely see where that would be an, an issue in a state that wanted to use metric for, for tracking, but had, you know, set limitations on how you can vertically integrate, if you can vertically integrate number of licenses, all that fun stuff. So, so it's, it seems that because I, it does look that metric provides a simple user interface. I'm just curious if people heavily use that or not because it doesn't I'm just like confused because it seems like if you they may just be sort of making a like a cleaner wheel that people can use to enter data but it seems that maybe the selling factor is the the and like the ancillary thing so like like what are some of the things you see like I guess there's billing and maybe well, even even um, even just the data entry for compliance can be onerous, especially on a small farm. If you have to have someone that's dedicated to making sure that you're staying um, in compliance, um, that can be really expensive um, and can take a lot of time, both from uh, 
the people that are are actually doing the cultivation, that's what I'm most familiar with, as well as the people running the company and making sure that the the data that is ending up being uh, sent to the state is is accurate. So any way that you can automate that and provide a way that they mostly don't have to think about it except to review and say like, yep, that that looks like what happened on the farm today. Great. Go ahead and we can stay compliant adds a tremendous amount of value um, because now uh, a farm manager is maybe only spending a few minutes at the end of the day rather, rather than their entire day. And there are pretty big consequences if you're getting it wrong. If you're managing stuff on a whiteboard or in a notebook and you miss something, um, you know, there, there are consequences to, to falling out of compliance. And so anything that can automate that just like anything else and provide a higher level of accuracy um, is definitely of value to these to these cannabis farms in particular, but also processors. Um, but but you're absolutely right. If then above and beyond that, um, I'm able to see what's going on in my facility or my retail space or you know my farm. Um, and above and beyond that, I'm able to integrate with QuickBooks and manage my costs and see what. Where, uh, where, where do I have waste? Not just in in my plants, but in what I'm spending money on. Where can I be more efficient? All of those are are additional values to um, to the cannabis companies, which is why I think there's such a big market and such a so many people entering the the cannabis SaaS space. Do you think there's a shortage or an oversupply of of SaaS, the software services? There are a lot. So you can go and see what integrators, with Metric in particular, you can go and see who has been an approved uh, integrator for Metric in each of the states. And there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people still trying to figure out um, what the right solution is. And, um, some of them are really tailored to, like I said, specific portions of the, of the, the process. Some are trying to be end to end. Some are trying to be an ERP. Uh, some of them are trying to manage customer and brand loyalty. Um, I think because it's still federally illegal, uh, and there are restrictions on interstate trade and, and stuff like that. People can still find a market and find a niche and make, you know, make some money there. Um, it will be interesting to see how things kind of come together and combine uh, at the point that it becomes federally legal and they can start operating not just as farms or as, retailers across state lines, um, but as also as, as service providers. Because if, if I'm a, <clears throat> there are companies that operate in multiple states, but they, there are restrictions on where it can be grown and where it can be sold and all that, all that jazz, but that will go away. And so if, if now they can operate across multiple states and they've already picked a, a piece of software that's valuable to them, um, they'll probably stick with that piece of software. And so I think everybody's trying to make, you know, find their way to be that piece of software or one of the top five um, available at the point that that happens. 
That's an interesting insight because, like you said, there's, I mean, you just see this mirth of businesses just all filling these diff different niches. And, I mean, there, there may be, there may be a demand for that because, I mean, there are you know, thousands of cannabis businesses. Um, and there's different sizes too, right? Like the, the needs of a mom and pop are very different than the needs of a large MSO. Um, so people can target that specifically just like any, any, right. There's the difference between me trying to sell stuff on Etsy versus Amazon trying to sell stuff on their website. And so there's, there are opportunities there for sure for people to meet the needs of, of the scale with who they're working with. Well, I guess that brings me to the next logical question. So what are some of the, like the, the major pain points you've seen people run into like with some of these software solutions? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, metric compliance is really a big one. Uh, compliance is really, really important for the success of the business. Um, and everybody seems to struggle with it. It's not like literally everybody seems to struggle with it. Um, and so as a, as a third party provider or as a farm, uh, that can be really frustrating and really painful, but is still a legal requirement. Um, man, that's probably the big, that's probably the biggest one. There's a lot of small things, you know, everybody has their trade-offs and they're the things that they focus on and kind of the way that they're trying to carve out their own space. Um, and everybody has their own approaches to how they go about doing that from the features that they provide and the way that they do or do not simplify systems or um, the way that they market themselves. But, um, and, I, and I'm not as familiar in, about non-metric states, like what, what that looks like. I, I'm familiar with um, green bits, uh, but only kind of tangentially and I, I heard someone complain about one so maybe it's just compliance in general and it's not metric it's just that metric is is used in so many states and so it, you know it's people targeting the the biggest the biggest one right um but it has been very difficult to to interact with them in a, in a consistent way for a number of reasons well i can share my insights on working with leaf data system. So that was my primary point in point of interaction with the traceability system. So um, in Washington, worked with leaf data systems. There's of course, always people complaining about it. Um, I think that may just stem from, I'm not sure, I'm not certain. Um, I think maybe just being forced to use a compliance tool, maybe you just don't want to read up about it. And, um, it's just sort of this, you know, mysterious force, but, you know, it's not like glamorous, but I thought, found the API acceptable. And then the main pain point I found was, was essentially, you know, transferring inventory. So from, there would always, there was maybe be some, you know, discrepancies or miscommunication between the, you know, the shipping and the receiving party. So I'm curious in metric, are there any sort of 
breakdowns in when transfers happen? So, yeah, so metric, I think, so I, I'm not familiar, like I said, I haven't worked directly with, with the system up here in Washington, even though I'm up here. Um, metric has been the primary integration. And <clears throat> while there's certainly some amount of uh, resistance just to having to do a compliance uh, integration of any sort, there are issues with metrics specifically and their ability to scale, um, their ability to have version software, their ability to have consistent data. Um, and to your point, that becomes problematic with transfers. So if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a cultivator and I want to um, provide my product to a processor and uh, metric is down or I'm not able to um, complete a certain set of steps, I can't actually transfer my product to them. They might be sitting in my lobby waiting to pick it up. And if I can't do the things that I need to do to stay compliant for whatever reason, whether it's because of metrics specifically or because I'm using a third party that's struggling to integrate with them for whatever set of reasons, that can actually be a physical obstacle to me running my business. So I think it, while there is some resistance that is founded in um, just not wanting to do the process, I think there are a lot of things that uh, with the process are lacking that prevent people from, from doing what is legally required of them and thus negatively impacting their business. There's a lot of other like critical, um, uh, all of this actually, you can go and and hear people uh, give their feedback to the state of California. So it's, there's no secrets here, but um, having to tag every single plant has an, an ecological impact. You don't have to do that with with any other, uh, you know, agricultural product, to my knowledge. Um, and it's a lot of plastic. And so, is that the right way to manage it? Well, that's how metric manages it. And so. I think there are other things that come into play with metrics specifically that have been making it challenging. Um, they obviously say that they are going to continue to work with the states to make it better. Some of those things have absolutely improved. Uh, some of them have not. And, and I think that that's been the challenge for, for cannabis companies and their third-party uh, SaaS providers as well. That's, that's quite interesting. So when you say they've worked to make things better, does that mean like actual changes to the code or is that just more like communication, like training? The claim is the claim the claim is both. Okay. That's, and then we're, so there are not to rag on them, but are there actual like outages um there was mentioned. one in march where there was an outage for something like 17 days um you can actually go read about it um uh distro um is a metric integrator and they wrote a a blog about it and gave details about how they worked around it um that's a really long time <laughs> uh that's a really long time in software 
it's a really long time in cannabis. Uh, it's a really long time in cannabis software. <laughs> oh. um, and that would just be unacceptable uh, just about anywhere else. Um, before that, there was, you know, outages here and there, or um, at least in my experience, reduction in functionality significant enough that it could keep people doing from doing business for the day or a couple days at a time. Um, but 17 days is a, I think it was something like that. I think it was over two weeks is, is just such a long time to, to impact, uh, business. And then I don't know the details of like what the expectation was of the farm, but in a lot of these cases, the expectation is that the farm is being compliant, even if they're not able to complete what they need to do. So hopefully they made some exceptions, um, for, for the outage. I know that they made exceptions when they were having, uh, the, really bad um, uh, wildfires uh, last year. They, you know, said, we understood, do the best. We understand that you had to abandon your farm, do the best that you can. Um, so they have absolutely made efforts in, in a lot of these cases. Um, it's debatable uh, as to who you, you know, who you talk to and, and what side they're on and what they've experienced specifically as to whether or not it's been enough. That's, that sounds like an epic story because I know the cannabis industry and you're right 17 days that would that would be known as like the the great metric outage of 2020 um so I, and it might have been specific to a couple api so it might have only been affecting uh vertical integrators or or people in a, a in a particular segment of that um again distro wrote up a really uh good article on it and, and I'm forgetting um, a lot of the details. It was just more of a shock at the at the amount of time. Yeah, I'll, I'll dig that article up because a similar thing happened, I think, back in 2019 with Leaf Data Systems. So essentially they were rolling out their, I think their first, I think they were like their one big update to the code. And it was, you know, a, a minor update, but I think they maybe changed a few fields from optional to required. So that would, you know, that throws a monkey wrench into people's third-party software systems. And so while the actual change to the API wasn't I mean, that drastic, I mean, when you really take a step back, it did cause, you know, about a similar, like, two-week rough period and that had really lasting consequences it you know the cold you know goes back to the point we were making earlier where the cultivators they don't want any distractions they just want to focus on growing and selling and anything else is a nuisance and so if traceability goes down that's a nuisance and and there's definitely going to be some parties that make some noise about that. And, and like I said, there's consequences. So then, you know, now I think Washington State sort of started to get like wet, I mean, cold feet about their traceability system. So, but, you know, it's kind of hard to, to walk anything back, you know, once you've committed to a, to a statewide system. And... I guess I'm curious, like, what do you see as, like, sort of the future of traceability? Like, so say there was, 
you know, federal legalization or something like that? Do you th see traceability st sticking around or getting upended or what do you, what do you I, foresee? Your guess is as good as mine on that one. <laughs> I have no idea what to expect. There's a lot of double speak from the, from this administration. Um, you know, you've seen them talk about, um, supporting legalization, at least in, in some, in some ways while firing interns that have ever used before. And so who, who knows whether or not they'll support it, who knows what will come out of it. I think there are a lot of unknowns when it comes to what the, or at least people with a lot more experience than I have, at least that can probably answer that question better uh, as to what to expect at, at the point that it becomes federally legal or when it, if, when all that, all that jazz. Yeah. Well, yeah. On, on our, on my end, like I work for a manufacturing company. And so uh, we're currently in like five different States um, and expanding to um, maybe four this year. So um, I think we're projecting 2024 as like a federal legal, like it's not going to be tomorrow. Um, but that's when we're we're expecting hopefully that some changes will be made. Um, so wouldn't it be this. So it's going to be a few years before before I think we think that'll happen. That, that's well, your boots on the ground. So that's quite interesting. I'm curious, Nick. Do you do you interface with metric in the different states you're in? I guess you're in Oregon, so yeah, I believe. Um, we use metric in Oregon, California, I believe Colorado, Nevada both use metric. Um, those are the states that we're, we're currently currently in. So they all use metric, but we're working to op start operating in Washington. So it's going to be very, it's going to, it's going to be unique to see how our company reacts to a new system. Um, because everybody that I know of um, is only familiar with metric. So we may, but we are, the way we do things is we we kind of operate under other people's license and so there's people that have a license that are familiar with it that we can kind of like learn from but yeah it, it'll be interesting to see when it comes federally legal what happens when each state has their own like traceability system like um like who's gonna win out because like well, who's gonna want to like can i don't know especially companies that are in multiple states are going to get frustrated if they have to use multiple different like systems that to, to keep track of things. Oh, I may have to send you the link. So there's a really interesting podcast. Um, I'm with RJ and he has the COO of metric on and it's sort of a topic they talk about. And you can kind of tell that essentially metric would love, you know, to be adopted at like essentially a national scale, but I just, I think even they may think that may not really be realistic. Um, but I, you can kind of tell from the conversation that, you know, that, that would be their, their dream. Um, but, yeah. but, but I don't know. It, uh, I give you your props to, you know, trying to, to tackle metric and leaf data systems. Um, yeah. And like, so I, I'm not in like, data I'm, I'm i'm currently just an accountant so for a manufacturing company but i'm switching to i'm taking 
learning data analytics. So I'm looking to switch into like, I'm slowly learning that side of things. So um, yeah, it'll be like currently we use QuickBooks as accounting software. And so that doesn't integrate with anything. Um, and, and so a lot of the information that we need are just reports pulled from metric. And since we don't specifically use metric, um, just like to look at inventory wise, to balance out our inventory. I think the one issue we always had is that um, in QuickBooks, we invoice to the, the retailer name. So it may be like, you know, it's the retailer, but their license in, in metric is under a different name. And so trying to like, sometimes it can be difficult figuring out like which license this is from if, if we're not specifically like using metric on a daily basis, like an outside source is it's hard to tell like who, who are they actually selling this product to. That, that kind of brings me to an interesting question. So it's a minor problem in Washington state. Uh, well, it's not really a problem, but from a software point of view, it's a problem. So there'll be companies with multiple licenses, um, but there's maybe a minority of companies, but some do. I'm wondering in, in metric, do you have companies working with multiple licenses? And is that like a, how do you approach that? Is there confusion? Well, and Nick, you may even have multiple licenses. So just curious about how you approach that from a business slash software point of view. Um, like our, I think our inventory team just, they, they have a list of who, what licenses for what company in our, in, in QuickBooks or like, so, so like we use, since we don't have like an ERP system, we actually use Google Sheets. Um, and so we have our processes, we, we have all, we have an order form, which um, our sales reps then put in their orders on this form. And then our inventory team has access to see that. So when someone puts up a new order, they know like the date it's supposed to be pulled from, like when it's supposed to be ready and all that. And so um, what our, our inventory team just has a list of like names and licenses so they, they can like, if they're ever confused, they, they know which one um, to put it into metric. Cause yeah, like if you put it in the wrong in the metric, then the company that you have to deliver to has to reject that order because it's under the wrong name. So, um, and, and since we do deal with the retailers, like we want to keep them happy. And the last thing we want to do is, is not make a delivery because we put it under the wrong, the wrong name. And that's essentially what I've noticed in, in Washington state is everybody's trying to keep their clients happy. And you know, that that's kind of expected of businesses, but, and then the transfers, it's just. Like you said, you don't want to transfer it to the wrong person. Um, then the, the whole mess of having to reject incorrect transfers. So I don't know, just from my experience, that's a, yeah, just a pain point that can, can be helped by, you know, just better, you know, more organized, more organized software, I suppose. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't really know what the solution may be. <laughs> that uh, is a pain point. A radical view, which, you know, obviously would uh, maybe put me out of business, is to 
to not have such strict regulation. Uh, you know, uh, again, uh, I don't know of any other agricultural product that has to behave this way or, or any other, you know, like, uh, tobacco, you're not tagging every plant, alcohol, you're not, um, following it all the way in. You have to keep track of what goes into your batch and what alcohol comes out and you have to keep track of bottles and, and that sort of stuff, but it's not at the level that's required for cannabis. And I think that it's been unique to cannabis because of its legality at the moment. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if some of that lightens up a little bit going forward, trusting farms a little bit more, or maybe checking in at very specific times rather than having to track every single plant at every single stage. Um, may, you know, maybe that's pie, pie in the sky hopes, but um, I think there will be a lot of benefits to, to relaxing that a little bit. And, that, and that's what I was kind of curious about as to, you know, the future landscape, because so essentially I'm working on Canlytics, which is laboratory software. And the whole idea was to be sort of laboratory software first and then compliance second, because, you know, the laboratories aren't going anywhere. And, you know, you, even if you didn't have traceability, they would still be there. And so the software is just more laboratory focused and then meeting the compliance. And so I'm just, I'm just yeah, curious about the future because I'm almost a little worried that, you know, maybe some companies may have built their software and business bot model too much around compliance and metric, because then if metric changes or would say goes away in five years for whatever reason then there goes your business model there goes your business um you know and like like in washington state like you know who it's real uncertain what traceability is going to look like in five years from now but but at the same time the companies that have made integrating with metric easy have done quite good for themselves. So my experience has been, and, and maybe Nick can speak to it as well, but uh, my experience has been that that's usually part of their offering, but not their exclusive offering um, that, you know, if, if you're, uh, if you're focusing on cultivation metric, or compliance is part of your cultivation process, but it's not the only thing, right? You, the rest is, um, you know, how do you get the best yield or how do you get a particular uh, uh, profile, whether do certain, how can you use crop steering to get a particular outcome? Um, uh, integration with QuickBooks, because at the end of the day, there still is, you know, money involved as, as much as we enjoy watching plants grow. Um, how do you uh, develop new um, uh, cultivars or, you know, does cultivar even have a meaning? Uh, 
there's there's you know so, a lot of discussion there so i think there's a lot more that you know or if you're an erp or if you're a, a seat to sale product you're obviously providing that value through the whole process and adding additional things onto it i think compliance is a really big portion of it at the moment as you point out i don't know of anybody that is only doing compliance as a third-party piece of software. I don't know of anybody that is only just a wrapper around say metric. There's usually it's usually part of an offering that they make uh, beyond that with, you know, whatever stage or stages they're they're interacting with. Um, it could be a very substantial portion of their business model for sure, and everything you bring up would still be a risk for them. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's sort of the you know, the, you know where the software space is is you know if you can make all these integrations, you can add a lot of value. And like you said, you know, metric itself is you know it's essentially just a you know it's, it's even you know it's got its nuances, but it's just, at the end of the day, it's just a not even that large it's just sort of a small api so um yeah write a wrap around that and then you said and then that's when the other magic happens is when you start to integrate quickbooks and this is yeah i think i might be particularly uh jaded with metric um having built services in 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 the past uh there's some really just basic stuff that i don't see them doing that makes makes having to integrate that with them a lot more difficult so for example uh and 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 you gave a really great example as well um which is if you do backward incompatible changes like maybe you bump the version of your software uh or the version of your service um and if you don't have version services in the first place that's really hard to do and so getting all of your customers to adopt a backward incompatible change or breaking change all at once is never successful. <laughs> um, like so, version software, you know, it's a solved problem. It's been solved for twenty years or longer. Uh, but uh, if that's something that, to your point, uh, an API with relatively few calls should be very easy to use. But if it's changing out from underneath you in a way that you don't get notified about, uh, where it's not versioned. Uh, where you can't stay on an old version long enough to migrate, uh, that there, you know, there's, um, you know, uh, uh, deprecation or, or end of life plan that extends long enough for these businesses to not only meet the needs of their current customers, but then update to your backwards incompatible changes. Like, I think that's where both the, the, um, cannabis companies that are either integrating with it directly. Um, and they have to update their processes in, in, in some cases, or they might have themselves built, built software integrations with metric to make their life easier, or these third party, you know, SaaS companies trying to provide that to their customers really find a lot of pain with it in particular. So, uh, I know I've ragged on them a lot. I know they're trying, I know they're, you know, talking about things that they're going to be doing to make things better, but some of these things that are pretty standard, um, practice in a lot of uh uh building you know web services i think would would make their life a lot easier and so i guess 
is part of this just because I think metric maybe rolled out in do you know when like 20 or like the early 2010s in Colorado is that correct I'm I'm really new to the industry I don't I don't uh, know their history it, so I think that just from you know what I heard the CEO talking about it sounded like they're open to making improvements and so so you hit on the the backwards incompatibility and then I've just been you know working on it with integration and it would be nice to to get some things returned from from like post requests and things like that but what, like, are there any other like concrete things that you like really see that need to be improved, like standardization? Or I mean, anything? data consistency is a big one. Um, if we would create objects, um, they may not be available in an amount of time. <laughs> and, uh, but, or we might have been told that they were created, but when we go to use them, they're not available. Um, there were also things around the creation itself. Um, so we would be told to just submit the create again, which would then fail because now then, you know, now it would have caught up and it would be consistent. So, you know, one thing that solves that is using idempotent keys. Like that's a pretty standard practice. Um, have I already seen this request to create it? Great, I've already done it. Here's a success response, even if I told you that it failed the last time. Um, uh, shoot, there was another one that we ran into a lot. So like backward compatibility was one, data consistency was one, uh, item potency was very closely related to that, particularly around creation of objects. Um, scalability was one uptime. We've already talked about that. Um, knowing when changes were coming, and this is where I will give them uh, a lot of credit. They have been very proactive within the last year or so in reaching out to companies and letting them know, um, or at least getting better at it for the most part when changes were coming. Um, when I first started working in, in this space, changes would just happen and our stuff would break and then we would get a notice a week later that there was a change to the API. <laughs> you know, that's that's not helpful. Um, so they they have improved in that in that sense, um, which I think has made everyone's life easier. Um, but even then, one of the challenges that you're gonna run into if you're providing services or if you're operating in multiple states, regardless of whether or not you're a a cannabis company or, or a third party company is just keeping up with all the changes across all the different states too. So that's not, that's not necessarily their fault. Um, but how do you communicate that in such a way that you're not, uh, that you're notifying the people who need to know in a way that's efficient with enough time for them to adopt it and a reasonable end of life support for the stuff that you're um deprecating um it's hard it's a hard problem that everybody has to deal with you know regardless of the scale of of your customers um but it's something that i think is going to be critical for them to address and i i agree with you i think almost any company can 
can make improvements by improving communication. It's one of the hardest things to get right, but it's something that is approachable and everybody can improve. And so, like you said, just just simply letting you know that changes are coming. I mean, that's I mean, I mean an email and that has an enormous amount of value. I mean, that can I mean, if it's a minor change, I mean, that, like you said, that can prevent your software from breaking down and unhappy clients. And, and then I think things like think things like maybe backwards compatibility is maybe easier, but item potency, you know, you have to be a little clever um, just about how you, I mean, it's, you know, like you said, you have to have some forethought about how you're going to set things up, but you have to, you know, you have to do a little thinking there. So I think that may be a little trickier to, a, that may be a little trickier problem to approach, um, but communications, the, the, the dead simple one. That's, that's exciting. Well, we're sort of nearing here to the end if anyone has any last few things to, to hit on. But I guess I just wanted to, to thank you, Ryan, for, for coming and joining the, the Cannabis Science Meetup, Cannabis Data Science Meetup. Normally, I have a presentation or something and some data that we can chew on. And so for next week, I'll... I'll have some stuff and I may, may even just email or message you guys a, like a handout for this week. I was going to have a, a company, Better Carbon Solutions, come and talk about how they're doing waste management, but there, uh, there was a breakdown in communication. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I can still send you some material. And then, and also, Nick, it was awesome hearing, hearing from you about your your experience in multiple states, that is quite the, quite the hurdle to jump. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, cause you're looking at facilities in each state. So, cause you can't transport across state lines. So. Yeah. Again, I've got endless questions there. So we may have to, to, to pick your brain about that next time. Yeah. Um, and then Charles, as always, um, you know, it's always good to see you and um, hear your perspective from the data science angle. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, and yeah, that was interesting. I've, I've written software for Ford and my wife works in the semiconductor industry. And if you were down for two weeks, man, <laughs> <laughs> it would be ugly. You'd never be back. <laughs> um, well, well, that's basically what happened in Washington State is, I mean, Leaf Data Systems, they did the small update and there was endless amount of noise about it to the point where Washington State basically said, okay, we're actually going to relook at the contract. Um, so then they basically did this whole, you know, re-examination of the contract, which is, you know, a big deal. Um, so... But, you know, in, in metric, it sounds like it may have been out of their hands. You know, they may have been tied to the wildfires or this and that. So I'm going to, ooh, thanks for sharing that link. I'm going to go uh, start reading up about this uh, metric outage. Yeah, the, the wildfires were separate. Uh, that comment was mostly that I hoped that they uh, treated the 
people trying to stay compliant in the same way that they they had in the past where uh, farms had struggled because of the wildfires. Hopefully they're a little bit more um, supportive um, because of the outage. Well, a, a similar thing, like in Washington, they gave they gave everybody lenience. They said, oh, you can just, you know, attest that you've had things tested and this and that. But I mean, people just aren't happy when there's any disruption to their, and you can't blame them. I mean, that's, you know, that's lost revenue. So, um, so that, so, so the, I think the, the lesson from the day is, um, do what you can to keep your systems online. And it takes some forethought. All right, crew, thanks for coming today. I think I'll go ahead and conclude it here a couple minutes early just to, to let Charles get to his um, appointment on time. And I've kind of run out of material. <laughs> but thank you all for coming. I'll try to send you some material throughout the week. And then we can touch base next week. and maybe do a little forecasting or something like that. Sounds good. Nice awesome. meeting you all. Awesome. Nice. Good to meet you, Ryan. Yes. Nick, Charles, until next time. Yeah. Nice meeting yeah. you, Ryan. Bye. Nice meeting you, Ryan. Bye.